Mo'orkatan per Gimel, Mishnehei 3.5. And now the Mishnah turns the topic of Avelis, the halachas of mourning, um, which will actually take us through to the end of the Masechta now, the rest of the Perik. And the basic idea of mourning is the Torah requires one to have, out of respect and recognition of the loss of one's relative, he is to mourn. I'll describe the basic halachas of mourning at the end. Um, but mourning Avelis is a requirement that applies to one, one who's lost one of his seven relatives. His Those seven relatives are his father or mother, sister or brother, son or daughter, or spouse. And even um, one's sister, once she's married out of the family, there's no mitzvah anymore um, to sit, Avelis, sit in Avelis for her midoraisa. Now, the Avelis has two basic phases to it. The first seven days, called the Shiva, Shiva meaning seven, of course, and then the Shloshim, the remainder of the 30 days from the time of the burial. Now, those seven days and 30 days, which overlap, like the first seven are Shiva and the next 23 are the rest of the Shloshim. So they're counted from the time that the person is buried. Prior to burial... So the mourners, let's call them, aren't in a state of Avelis. They're in a state called Aninos. I don't want to get into that topic at all now. I also don't want to get into the topic of what if a person is not involved in the burial and the burial takes a number of days. I'm not discussing any of those issues. The Mishnah's assumption, what I'm assuming here, is the person's buried the day, buried the day they're, that they die. And that's the setup. So now, the first seven days of Shiva are more intense. The rest of the month, completing out the Shloshim, are less intense requirements. If one loses a father or mother, so then instead of observing that less intense period for Shloshim for 30 days, he observes it for 12 months out of respect for the parents, whether that's a father or mother. Okay, again, at the end of the Mishnah, I'll talk about the basic, the more specific halachas of what one does during the Shiva and during the Shloshim. The point of the Mishnah here is that when it comes to Yom Tov, Yom Tov, there's a mitzvah of Simcha, the Samachta Bechagecha, you have to be happy. And that is intrinsically in conflict with the uh, the mourning, the Avelis. And therefore, one can't be in Avelis really while Yom Tov is happening. This in contrast to Shabbos. Shabbos is no mitzvah of Simcha. There is a mitzvah of Oneg to rejoice, um, Oneg to enjoy. I should say enjoy Shabbos, but not Simcha per se. And therefore, as the Mishnah pointed right away, the there is a difference in the treatment of when one passes through a Shabbos while in mourning versus when one passes through a Yom Tov. Now, the basic idea of our Mishnah is that Yom Tov will interrupt the Shiva or the Shloshim. And as long as you observed Shiva or Shloshim in part, basically, so then you, after the Yom Tov comes, then that's over. When, when Yom Tov ends, you don't resume the Shiva, Shiva's over. Or if it was Shloshim, you don't observe the Shloshim, it's over. Provided that, you did um, start. And the Mishnah says inside, HaKover Es Meso, one who buries his relative, Shlosha Yamim Kodun L'Regal, assuming that the burial happened three days prior to the Regal. And the rule when it comes to mourning is, Miktsas Yom Kukulo, a part of a day counts as a whole day. And therefore, let's say, if a person was buried one hour before the end of, you know, Yom Sheni, and then he has Yom Shlishi and Yom Revi'i are days two and three of his morning. And then that night after Yom Revi'i, 
I said this so confusingly, I'm sorry. At that night, the Yom Revi, let's say, it becomes Pesach, so then he's observed three days of mourning before the Yom Tif, and, and uh, that being the case, but lehemenu gezeras shiva. At that point, like shiva's over for him, he can't mourn on on uh, Yom Tif, and therefore when it's all over, when Yom Tif's over, then so the shiva is also over. That's the sheet to hear of the Tanakhama. The truth is that there are other Tanaim not mentioned in our Mishnah who disagree with the Tanakhama, and they hold that as long as you observed any amount of the Shiva prior to Yom Tif, then Shiva comes to an end. So while he holds three days, Tanakhama here, the Halacha is like those Tanaim that as long as you even did five minutes, two minutes of Avelis, you know, as soon as you buried a person, you know, five minutes before your relative, five minutes before Pesach comes in, you take off your shoes. One of the things you can't do in Avelis is wear leather shoes, like Tishabov, take off your shoes, sit down, then that, you sit down for a minute, then you've observed a moment, you know, a minute of, of Avelis, and that's of Shiva, and that's sufficient to now, it won't resume after Yontif is over. That will be the Halacha, Lamaisa. Um, the reason for the three numbers, because the Gemara speaks out how there's, um, there's two stages to Shiva. There's the first three days, and then the second stage of four days. So the first three days are more intense for crying, and the second stage, the last four, are, are, are less less so. Um, and they're actually halacha, big enough. Kamina is the halacha about the first three days and the other four, even even though we don't possibly like this mission as is presented here, there are differences between the first three days, which are more intense, and the latter four days. I'll discuss that also at the end of the mission, the halacha lamaisa. The mission continues on. Shmona, if you're eight days from the burial, and then... Yom Tov arrives. So that means since you started already the Shloshim, but lehemena gezeras Shloshim. So Shloshim is now over, and then there won't be Shloshim to continue after Yom Tov is over. It's all over. Shloshim is finished. Why? Because the Chazal taught us, and this is the principle, Shabbos Ola ve'ena mafsekes. Shabbos um, counts, meaning it counts as one of the seven days or one of the 30 days, but ena mafsekes doesn't stop it doesn't like uh, stop the process. Meaning, if Shabbos comes midweek, I should say mid mid shiva. So then, um, after Shabbos is over, the shiva continues on. The reason why is because even on Shabbos, the truth is that one does continue to observe. Uh, it doesn't interrupt because I said it's no mitzvah of simcha on Shabbos. It doesn't. It does count towards the seven days because the truth is that um, while one doesn't mourn openly before hesia in a public way when it comes to Shabbos, one actually does observe certain. Um, aspects of the morning that are done betzina in private, like, for example, washing with warm water. One wouldn't do in Shabbos. If you had a basin of warm water and it's permitted to wash, let's say, his hands or feet on a Shabbos normally, he would not do it with warm water on, on the, the week he's in Avelis, even on Shabbos, because if that's something betzina, that's a private thing which one, one wouldn't do. So you see there's some applicability of of uh, the morning on Shabbos, and similar Tash Shemitah is a more notable thing. So all these things, since they kick in on Shabbos still, Shabbos is one of the seven days. Okay, the mission ends up by saying, Regalim Mafsikin, the Regal does break the interrupt, intercede, meaning that once you have the Regal, the holiday, the festival, that's the end of the Shiva, the Shloshim, but the Einan Olin, but it doesn't count towards um, the seven. So that means, for example, the last sentence is saying, if hypothetically a person, you know, buried in the middle of Cholomoy, married one of his relatives, buried one of his relatives, so then when Yom Tov is over, at the end of the Yom Tov, he's starting day one of Shiva, only then. They don't count towards, the days of Yom Tov don't count towards the, the Shiva or the Shloshim. 
and Shloshim, the same rule would apply for the 12 months. Now that's, that's oh, even that's not lahalacha, excuse me. Lahalacha, we don't even need eight days. I'm sorry, I, I should have said that before. Since we say mitzas yom kukulo, even a part of the day is like the whole day. So since what happens is on the seventh day of your shiva, after like, after shachas is called, you like get up from shiva, quote unquote, right? And since you're like up from shiva still on the morning of the seventh day, that means that your shloshim is beginning in the middle of that seventh day. Which means if at the end of that seventh day comes Yom Tov, you observed a bit of Shloshim on that seventh day. So therefore, even though the Mishnah says if you went to the eighth day, then from the burial, then you would not have to do Shloshim. The Lach is even if after the seventh day that night becomes Yom Tov, there will be no Shloshim after Yom Tov. That's the Lach Lomaisa. Now just in terms of a quick um, summary of the Lachas of of uh, morning. So when it comes to the seven days of Shiva, so the basic Isurim, First of all, like familiar to us from Tishabav, one can't do those things. So no eating is permitted, obviously. But one can't um, do rechitza, washing his whole body, even part of his body with warm water. Kasicha, you can't anoint yourself with oils. Um, laundering is forbidden, and that's really relevant over here. You'll see because that's we're talking about a cholamoid here, where you also don't launder. Um, but laundering is forbidden. Wearing leather shoes is forbidden. Tashtramita is forbidden. Malacha in general that distract you from work. Is forbidden. She'ela shalom, uh, greeting is forbidden. There, this is interesting. You're not supposed to greet a person in mourning, and they're not supposed to greet you. If a person who's in mourning gets greeted in the first three days, I thought there's a difference in the first three days and the latter. In the first three days, he's not to respond. In the second part of his shiva, meaning from day four onwards, you're not supposed to ask him shalom aleichem. But if you do, he's supposed to respond to you. Okay, so that there's a difference in the first three and the latter. Latter four days, okay. Um, there's also a couple and haircutting. We don't shave or get haircuts during shiva at all. There are a couple other minhagim brought down la halacha which we don't really observe nowadays, including a tifas arosh, like wrapping one's head, like in morning, which we just don't really do today, and kfias amita, the turning over the bed, which in general is not done today. Um, we do, however, um, restrict talmud torah. People don't learn torah on their shiva because they it brings them joy that they shouldn't do and beyond the halachas that apply to the, that they need to know for that, that period okay so those are those are the seven shiva the, the shiva days then the availus that applies to the shloshim or the whole year in the case of one losing his parents really just are three things the first is gihutz gihutz is like it's like um, modern Hebrew means ironing but it means very well freshly laundered clothing that's familiar to us like what we don't do also in the like the nine days and so on don't have freshly laundered clothing. Giyutz is like that. So same goes for the shloshim. Um, second of all, haircutting doesn't have for shloshim. Um, and also simcha, like you're not supposed to participate in joyous activities. If you're mourning your parents, then the same thing would apply also. Um, but there, there's leniency with the haircut. Once your friends say to you, you look ridiculous, you know, you look you're unkempt and out of control. So at that point, you're allowed to get a haircut or a shave, as the case may be. Okay? Um, also, one doesn't get doesn't get married in the 30 days. But uh, worth noting that in even the one who's mourning for his parents could get married in the year, um, and someone who never had children actually can get married even hypothetically right away, even those thirty days if if uh, he has to fill the mitzvah that presents itself to him. Okay.